Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here's a question for you. In a situation where someone has a terrible singing voice, but the audience is hard of hearing, does that constitute a successful concert? That's kind of what we were pondering at City Field on a Tuesday night. The Mets and Orioles, two teams that just cannot hit at all right now against two pitchers that can't pitch very well. So what was your final going to be? Something like 10 to 9 or something like 2 to 1? The answer was 2 to 1, Baltimore over the Mets. We're going to recap this game for you and talk a lot about better tidings, good things ahead. We're going to try to keep this positive somehow. Not an easy trick. Ah, serenity now. 2-1 Baltimore. We have that recap now. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. I guess another of those ponderables that we could throw out there at you, who would win a fight, do you think? A big strong guy or an invisible fat guy? Think about that one and get back to us. This is Josh Lewin, and yeah, you had Baltimore coming in losers of 9 of 11, the Mets hosting them losers of 9 of 11, and the something's gotta give thing was right there in front of us all, and what gave, unfortunately, well, the, the Mets didn't have anything against Alex Cobb, which is really tough to believe, because Alex Cobb came in with an opponent's batting average of 356, a slugging percentage against of 609, meaning everyone he faces magically turns into Mookie Betts. Lefties, a 422 batting average, 35 out of 83 against Alex Cobb. Ty Cobb, in his very best season, didn't hit 422. That guy hit 420 in 1911. Alex Cobb is an easy guy to root for if he's maybe, for example, on the Mets. This is a guy who's been through a lot, the same kind of surgeries that Matt Harvey has had to deal with, has had that uh, Tommy John has had that thoracic outlet thing. Guy's older brother is a U.S. Army commander, Purple Heart, from his uh, time in Iraq. Uh, Interesting guy, Alex Cobb, just happened to come in with an ERA close to seven. But the Mets couldn't touch him. He looked like one of those uh, 1971 Baltimore Orioles pitchers. That's here they had the 420 game winners, McNally, Cuellar, Dobson, and Palmer. Uh, This was Cobb, and he looked decent enough to get to two and seven. Jason Vargas, the loss, he's now 2-4. And And before everybody gets all over Jason Vargas, he had another crummy first inning. That is true. That's where the Orioles scored their only two runs of the game. He actually pitched very well after that. Had the changeup working, good knuckle curve in the second, third, fourth, and fifth. Was lifted for a pinch hitter when the Mets Mets had a wonderful opportunity to get a big inning, but they could not do it. They had a single from Bruce. It went right by the lunging first baseman, Chris Davis. You want to talk about having a bad year, by the way? Chris Davis is making a gazillion dollars. He's hitting 152. But after that, Kevin Ploiecki doubled his first extra base hit since opening day. Second and third and nobody out. But Adrian Gonzalez, who's had a a rough last few games, 
popped up. And then they pinch hit Jose Bautista for Jason Vargas. He lifted one to left, deep enough to score a run. And then Ahmed Rosario struck out. So the Mets only got the one run. And when they threatened again, they couldn't do anything. It was a runner at second base in the seventh inning. Ploiecki struck out. Gonzalez struck out. The Mets this year with two outs and runners in scoring position have a batting average of 202. A threat in the eighth inning. They had two on for his dribble, Cabrera. And a little while ago, you would have loved that. But Cabrera, one for his last 25 now, banged into a double play. Ninth inning with Brad Brock on the mound. This is not one of the great closers of all time, Brad Brock. But Conforto, number three hitter, popped out. Frazier, back in the lineup, which you love to see. The cleanup man popped out. And after a Jay Bruce walk, Kevin Ploiecki popped out. In fact, he fouled out to end the ball game. Frazier's return, well, he went 0 for 4, but it's just nice to have him back. And that cleanup spot continues to be a null set. Just a black hole for the Mets. Mets cleanup batters are 30th in the major leagues and just about everything you can think of. Whoever Mickey Calloway puts there is just not happening. And the Mets overall now, you're talking about two runs scored in the last 33 innings. They have seven runs now in their last five games off 23 hits, one for 20 with runners in scoring positions. So yeah, they're averaging not even a run and a half a game. You're hoping that Joanna Cespedes can ride to the rescue. And he did take live batting practice against Noah Syndergaard before the game. That's good news. Syndergaard, uh, it looked like, was fine and should be good to go Sunday against the Yankees. And that's going to be a nice thing to throw DeGrom, Matz, and Syndergaard all against the Yankees in the weekend series. And whether or not Cespedes is okay, he won't tell us. He doesn't talk to the media anymore. Uh, It's kind of astonishing, but uh, he's just decided to go radio silent not only to radio guys, but to TV, newspapers, bloggers, uh, podcasters, everybody and everything. Uh, not really sure what. And this was the one day you really wanted him to talk. I mean, I, I said on the air, I kind of understand if he wants to wave everybody off when the questions are the same every day. Hey, uh, you know, there's nothing new to report, fellas. But today there was something new to report. He actually faced live pitching. And I think a, a fairly obvious question is, hey, big guy, how did it feel? And if all he would have said was fine and walked away, then at least everybody's got something to report. But by crossing his arms and refusing to talk, it's just just a really odd choice that nobody can really get around right now. But a couple good things from this game. Seth Lugo, back in the bullpen, three tremendous innings, worked quick, threw strikes. Ray Miller would have been proud from back in those Orioles pitching coach days. And again, Vargas, even though he had the rocky chop that he had to swim through in the first inning, Five of his seven games this year now, he's given up at least two runs in the first, which obviously is a problem. The other innings tonight were, were very beautifully done. So the Mets lose this game 2-1, to one, getting out hit 6-3. to three. Not what you would have expected with two pitchers coming in with a combined ERA of a jetliner, 727, but a 2-1 final nonetheless. Mickey Calloway met the media after the game. And he's trying to keep his composure. These are not easy times as the Mets fall to 27 and 31. They have now lost, as it turns out, 10 of their last 12 ball games. Mickey's brought to you by Ridgewood Savings Bank. And at Ridgewood, you'll find the same time-saving online and mobile tools as the big banks, but with better service, fewer fees, and none of the runarounds. So whether you want to manage your money from your phone or buy your first home, Ridgewood, ready to help you live a better financial lifestyle, go to RidgewoodBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Mickey. Yeah, I think we have to uh, 
try to create some runs, you know, like like Nim did. He put down a bunt, put some pressure on them, and and we got some runners on base. Um, so we have to do some of those small things. Um, we have to continue to be aware when the ball's in the dirt. If it gets away from the catcher, we got to get on second. Um, so we have to do all those little small things to take that extra base that allow, you know, maybe a sack fly um, or something like that. Is that something that you're going to ask of some of these guys, maybe just to do things that they're not necessarily comfortable doing, but to try some other things to to do more of what you're talking about? Well, I don't think we want to force it. Um, it has to be the guys that can do it, you know. And I think everybody can can move up on a dirt ball at times, but uh, you know, other things that they, the player has to be comfortable with it. I know uh, uh, Ruben Amaro and I talked about it. Um, just after the game, and he's going to kind of get them together and, and uh, you know, just have a little chat with them about those kind of things. Hey, let's make sure that uh, we stay on top of those kind of things because those can help us score a run every now and again uh, right now. Those dirt ball reads are things that you guys were so good at early this season. Do you feel like that has slipped? Do you feel like you're not doing that as much? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, we haven't had that many opportunities uh, with dirt balls uh, themselves, but we have, uh, you know, we, we need to focus and continue to, you know, pay attention to those kind of things. Tim on the right. How did the hitters' execution tonight compare to the game plan prepared to go against Cobb? You know what? Uh, Cobb had probably the best curveball I've ever seen him have. Um, I've seen him pitch quite often. And uh, the first couple innings, he didn't really show what he was trying to throw his split um, and his fastball. Um, and then he got his curveball going. And, uh, you know, that was something that, uh, you know, he got that he had a good curveball. I mean, he was th- dropping him at the bottom of the zone. Um, so you got to give, you know, credit where credit's due. And I thought that, uh, you know, especially with the lefties in our lineup, um, that curveball's a dangerous weapon. And, uh, you know, he had a really good one tonight. Matt? I mean, Mickey, you, you, you've talked about, you said this team is built to home, hit home runs, not really the small ball stuff. But, I mean, are you at a point, I mean, from what you said, where, like, some of the home run hitters, you might say, hey, if they're going to give you the left side, you got to lay down a bunt. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about that, um, you know, throughout the season, and some of our guys have done it. You know, Gonzo's done it, Bruce has done it. Um, it it makes sense when you're struggling to get runners on base to go ahead and and try those kind of things. And I think, well, you know, we'll continue to try to do that if you know we, we see the opportunity. Kevin on the left. Thank you. The, the offense at home has really struggled. It's it's bad when you struggle anywhere. But are you surprised by it being at home and? And how much does that wear on you and the team? Um, you know, you know, over my years coaching, I've found that there's no real pattern between home and road. You know, you always have a pitcher that pitches really good on the road one year and does and does poorly at home, and then the next year it's the total opposite. So, you know, it's it's hard to put any stock in home and road splits. Um, but you know, you you want to you create some energy for the ballpark and the fans and score some runs for them, uh, so they're out there having a good time. Roger, on your right. Was Vargas uh, sort of getting better as he went through the start? I mean, it was bad at the beginning, 
But was he improving as that was going on? And how do you look at that performance? I think so. I thought he threw the ball really well. Um, you know, they got some hits. He left a couple pitches up in the first inning. And they strung some hits together and, and scored a couple runs. And then he really settled in and, and looked like the guy that he was the last game and the game, you know, three times ago. So, um, you know, if we can continue to get uh, Vargas pitching like that and the rest of the rotation doing what they're doing, I mean, in the last 17 games, I think they have about a two-something ERA. Um, you can't really expect more than that. So, uh, you know, really pleased with the, uh, where the rotation is right now. Mike? Thank you. Was there any part of you today that thought, you know, just getting Frazier back would, would kind of rejuvenate the lineup and you, you might see something different here? Yeah, I think that he definitely rejuvenates it. Uh, you know, he, he rejuvenated the dugout for sure. Uh, you know, he's a high-energy guy. He brings enthusiasm uh, there. Um and uh, you know he, he's he's it's good to have him back. Did, did Cespedes come out of his uh, simulated game okay? And do you expect him to do what you thought he would? Tomorrow? Yes. So he, he's in a good spot. He'll come in tomorrow, and and we'll get some more you know specific uh, kind of skills going on, and uh, and see where he's at after that. So he he came out of it really good. Tim on the left. Mentioned the ERA the starters have had for a while. Do you worry about them getting discouraged at all when the offense is is not really picking them up at all? I mean, there's there's you know a part of you that worries about that, but we 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 try to make sure that you know after the day's said and done that we you know remind them that hey you can't control you just go out there and and pitch the way you're capable of and I think you know they've been doing that you know for 17 games now so you know I'm not I'm not real worried about it at this point all right that's the skipper and now what's brewing for today brought to you by coffee bean and tea leaf they're making a big time comeback later this year returning to your neighborhood under new ownership but still as always serving the finest premium coffees from around the world whatever your pleasure they've got it and soon there will be a location near you coffee bean and tea leaf get to know them so the draft will continue today. The Mets, in the first two days of the draft, I'm sure you've heard about Jared Kelnick already, the Wisconsin prep school star. He was number six overall in the draft. And, you know, there was a, a prep school star from a neighboring state not too long ago, picked number six overall, turned into Derek Jeter. Just throwing that out there. Simeon Woods went number two, another high school guy. So on the first day, the Mets took two high schoolers. On the second day, Every pick they had, all eight of them, all college guys, and most of them freaking huge. Other than the second baseman they took, Carlos Cortez, who's an ambidextrous thrower, by the way. He's a switch thrower. He's 5'7", kind of Jose Altuve-sized. But starting with his South Carolina teammate, pitcher Adam Hill, he goes 6'6", 185. It it was like Russian nesting dolls. They all just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, until it finally ended with a 6'7", 265 guy out of the University of Missouri, a guy named Bryce Montez de Oca. On tomorrow's podcast, we'll keep uh, keep you current on some more draft procedures and get you some more info. But for now, we kind of stay in the, in the Baltimore realm, talking about what's brewing for today. You're going to have a pitching matchup of Zach Wheeler against Dylan Bundy. And Bundy's an interesting guy. He was a number four overall pick not too long ago. That was in 2011. He debuted at the age of 19. Only Milt Pappas debuted as an Oriole pitcher at a younger age. Back in the 50s, the Orioles had a 17-year-old catcher by the name of Noodles Zuppo. Really Frank Zuppo, but they called him Noodles. 
Dylan Bundy is the guy who threw the uh, the no-outer as opposed to the no-hitter. That against Kansas City about a month ago. Seven hitters faced, zero batters retired. Four hitters making home run trots around the bases. And then he came back in his next start and was exactly the opposite. It was seven innings of no-run baseball at all. Zach Wheeler's been a little steadier than that, and he's going to get the start as the Mets will try to salvage one out of two. Maybe it'll go just like the World Series of 69. Give the Orioles the first one, then the Mets come storming back. This is actually a uh, a four-game series overall. Two games here, two games we played in Baltimore in August. And by then, the Orioles should look very, very different. You don't figure Manny Machado, for example, is going to be on the team. Probably not Adam Jones either. Manny Machado actually didn't do much in the game on Tuesday night. Kind of waiting for his power to, to show up. Uh, so that we can see it. Obviously, everybody in the AL has been seeing it. Guy's got 48 runs batted in on a team that's only driven in 212. So one guy's got about a quarter of their runs batted in. Manny Machado, one of only four players ever to reach the second deck at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They've got obviously a short wall in left, but it's tough to go into the upper tank. Edwin uh, Edwin Encarnacion has done it. Mark Reynolds did it. Incredibly, Rex Hudler did it against Jamie Moyer. Yeah, the Wonder Dog, Rex Hudler did it as a visiting player for the Angels in 1995. And uh, that's the company he keeps. So with the Orioles in town, quick reminder about when you're out of town. Just throwing this out there. Next time you need to book a hotel, you've probably heard me talk about it a lot. Hotel tonight, you actually book in advance if you want to. Don't get thrown by that tonight thing. But if, if you need to... If you forgot and you, oh, I I didn't book a hotel, there they are for you, as long as you have the app on your phone. You book a room in literally 10 seconds, three taps and a swipe, and you're done. No long list of a million hotel choices. They just get you the best deals of the best hotels, very, very easily done. And when I say best hotels, that's for real. They only work with places where they would stay, too. You're not going to be disappointed with anything that you get. I understand if you're frustrated with what you're getting from the Mets these days. They uh, they scored one run against a guy with an ERA of 6.8. And an Orioles team that had lost seven straight and had come in 17-41. and 41. All of those things are true, but today is a new day. And we hope you're making plans to come on out. Remember, it's a 1-10 game today. And uh, the Mets will try to break this losing streak. They've now lost six straight at home. And they are 12-18 and 18 at City Field overall this year. That's got to change, too. They are not scoring many runs at home. Only 98 of them total, believe it or not, in 30 games. And maybe against Bundy, they can somehow get this thing done. This podcast is done. Appreciate you staying to the very bitter end. Tell your friends. Tell an enemy. We don't care who you tell. Just spread the word, and we'd appreciate it. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can do, you can do whatever you want. You're, you're, you're a big boy or big girl, whatever you are. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is Josh Lewin, Daily Mets Podcast, the DMP. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.